0: Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius Adewumi, and I believe the Lord will bless you all with this teaching that we're going to go through today. I will s- s- go through the letter of Apostle Paul to Timothy, the second epistle of Paul to Timothy. In this three-chapter epistle, which actually is just a single letter of four chapters, Apostle Paul described or was exhorting Timothy on things that he he needs to do as a pastor, and more or less, let us, as Apostle Paul, now ready to go, ready to be, ready to be sacrificed for the for the gospel. So, in the first chapter, he was talking about Timothy's heritage of a godly mother, which we are going to talk about when as we get there in the second chapter he exhorted Timothy to study to show himself approved unto God as a pastor he needs to keep studying the scriptures so that he can be ready to be able to minister to others in chapter 3 Apostle Paul was uh, talking to Timothy to about the palest signs that I heard the signs I mean more like prophecy because he, he me and Apostle, he was now old, he would be going away. But Timothy may still be around when many terrible things may see, begin to occur at the end of the world. It happened during that time, but that was just... That may not only be the detail of the biggest of the things that will happen in the end of the world because Apostle Paul was more or less seeing ahead. Those things he mentioned at perilous times, it happened since that time, it's still going to happen worse and worse as we also get to the end of the world. Timothy may have seen a little bit of it but what Apostle Paul was describing as the perilous times ahead was majorly it's applicable to every time, every dispensation. even our dispensation, there are perilous times right now ahead so we're going to talk about that when we get to chapter 3 and in chapter 4 he exhorted Timothy to preach the word and really be consistently preaching the word he said you save yourself and others as you continue in the doctrine so let's go through the book of, second letter of Apostle Paul to Timothy, starting from chapter one, I will just be reading through it and stopping at some Bible verses and giving some insight and some exp- expansion of the Bible of the world. And I, I call you to get your own Bible also and open to Second Epistle of Paul to Timothy, chapter one, as we read. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, Right up front, apostle Paul introduced himself. Just like any normal letter you say, you put your address on the top and so on and so forth. This is how apostle Paul addressed himself. That is an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, that is God shows him to be an apostle the word apostle means sent out one like a messenger and everyone that is sent out is an apostle whether sent out by a man that means you are the messenger of those men this is sent out sent out by god so he's a messenger of god so he called himself an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god he said according to the promise of life which is in christ jesus that is, why why was the lord sending him out? It's according to the promise, the promise of life that God wanted to give to mankind, eternal life, which is in Christ Jesus. So that's why it was sent out to present this eternal life to people. To teach this eternal life to people. And those that accepted it are called believers, Christians. And that is why it means according to the promise of life. This eternal life is promised, is a promise by God that it's almost like. If somebody a, a rich man say come over to me and i will give you this it's a promise only those that come over to him so that person will get whatever he promised them so this eternal life is promised by god to as many as we come to him and jesus christ said come unto me all you that labor and every lady and i will give you rest so that's also Paul was also presenting to mankind that this is a promise of eternal life in christ jesus anyone that will come and accept it you get that eternal life you say, is it when you die that you get eternal life? No, you start this, you get eternal life right now when you accepted Jesus. Jesus Christ said, this is eternal life. That we may know the only true God and Jesus Christ who may ascend. You see, that's all. Well, that is the beginning, of, that's the beginning of eternal life. What do you mean by eternal life? Eternal life means the life of God. God ruling in your life, God leading you right now. And those people that have received this lifestyle of God right now, and they're living that life right now while they are still alive. And turned their life to Christ and God is now leading their life, God is ruling your heart, your body, and is making you do his will. Those are the people He's going to give this planet to at the end. Even if they are dead, God said you raise them up at the last day when Jesus Christ shall come, the dead in Christ shall rise first. That is the eternal life. He will raise them up and they are going to inherit this planet again and live forever. So you can understand the plan of God is. It's not just for the hundred years you may live on this earth it's not just for the maybe you live for 120 years on this earth many people are trying to keep themselves alive for 120 years maximum since uh, since uh, since the generation after since moses but see that is not the all that's just the beginning if you don't get this eternal life from jesus then you will be one of those to be destroyed with the rest of the unbelievers and thrown to the lake of fire in the end. But the eternal life that Jesus Christ is offering is that those who accepted Him, and accepted this new birth and accepted this eternal life, even if they die physically, after they have spent their life here or not, and they are, go, they are waiting in paradise, their soul is waiting in paradise for the resurrection, which will be any time Christ comes back, and they will be resurrected again to live on this planet, this same heart, forever and ever. That's what the prophecies of God is, that's the eternal life, it starts right now. Living with God right now day by day with God and that is when you have Jesus Christ with you and in you living your life is living his life through you you already have eternal life and then even if you die you'll be waiting in paradise for the day God is going to resurrect all those that are dead in Christ and you give this planet to them again to live forever this time that is eternal life. It started right now, not when you die, that you, that one when you come, when they die and they come back that is continuation of eternal life when they are Christians but you start that eternal life right now when you are walking with God right now when you are walking with God, God is leading your life that's why He wanted to perfect you that's why He put the ministries in the body of Christ to perfect we saints of God because perfect the way He wants us to because after, it, when it comes, it's going to be like that forever, we're going to be perfected, holy people living like that forever. You see that also in the book of uh, Hebrews, Apostle Paul in the book of Hebrews was telling us that we are the spirits of just men made perfect. So it's perfecting Christians until they come back because when they are dead they will be resurrected back and then they will have a, a body that is perfect that will never die anymore. But while we are still here, before that change we need to be processed, to be perfected by the Holy Spirit in us that is the life we are living right now that is the eternal life living with God walking with God right now that's the eternal life let's continue with the letters of Apostle Paul now he wrote this letter to Timothy he said my dearly beloved son because he was like a like a father to Timothy was a young man actually when you look at the Acts of the Apostles Timothy was not the direct convert of Apostle Paul but he was mentored. Because by the time Apostle Paul got to the city, he has been to that city before twice. He preached to them and many and church was started there. And then he moved on to other place. By the time he came back the second time, uh Timothy, a young man, was already converted and on fire for Jesus. And so when the Apostle Paul came back, they mentioned, they mentioned, they introduced him to Timothy and said, This young man, and the Apostle said, Well, yeah, I'd like you to go along with me. And, and Timothy was interested in going along with Apostle Paul as a team of evangelists and Apostle Paul had a brought a bunch of uh, people that are going with him from place to place where they are, they are preaching so that was how Timothy became a young man following Apostle Paul so Apostle Paul became the mentor for Timothy and any, any other place where they started a the church they asked Timothy to stay there for a while and, and teach them for a while while they moved to another place and that was what our Timothy became his barely beloved son, not a physical son uh, by natural, birth. it's just spiritual by being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and um, Apostle Paul being the mentor. It's a grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. But three, this Apostle Paul writing in his letter, said, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee. In my prayers, night and day. So he, he said, he "Remember Timothy always when he praying." Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be free with joy. When he said "mindful of thy tear," which means, it's maybe perhaps the last time he saw Timothy, and he was about to depart because of their close closeness. Timothy know that he was going to miss Apostle Paul for a while, so maybe he was in tears because Apostle Paul now perhaps has been maybe uh, maybe uh, in, a, in a place where he for a long time or well, perhaps that was when he was arrested when he wrote this letter but Apostle Paul said mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy when I if I can see you again he's asking Timothy Paul to come by because many times after Apostle Paul got to Rome as a prisoner he was there for two years according to the Acts of the Apostles the last chapter and he was there for two years and he welcomed people back and forth he may not be able to go out of Rome himself but people can visit him where, where he's living. Verse five, when I call to remembrance, now he's still talking about up to, about Timothy now, he's now going to mention Timothy's heritage. He said, when I call to remembrance, the unfeigned faith that is in thee," I suppose uh, acknowledging the faith that Timothy has, which dwell first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded that in the also. Now, this verse 5 is what I'm going to describe a little bit here. Apostle Paul was acknowledging the fact the faith that New Timothy has is actually part of the faith of his mother and his grandmother because Apostle Paul must have met the grandmother of Timothy, he called his name Lois, and the mother of uh, Timothy he called his name Eunice. And those are the people that brought up Timothy and when parents are bringing up children, the Bible said, train up your children in the way that you should go when he is old, he will not depart from it that is the word of God so it is, a, it is mandatory for we parents to raise our children right to point them in the right direction to put faith in them faith in God, the true God and they also will begin to exercise their faith as they grow up and that is what Apostle Paul was acknowledging in Timothy that that faith that I see in you Timothy I could see that it has been passed down to you from your mom and from your grandma, because he knew that they were also believing in, in what they have been preached to, what they have been preached to them. And this Apostle Paul said, I'm persuaded that same faith is in you also. Verse 6, now you can, let me digress a little bit and talk about the same thing about Abraham. God said, I know Abraham, that he will instruct and command the children after time to fear God and to follow in the way of God. And Abraham did that for Isaac. You can go back to the book of Genesis and see the story of Isaac. While Isaac was still not married yet, the, he has been taught well by Abraham that he knew how to go into the, into the field and meditate and talk to God. And you see that in the book of Genesis when we see an example of that it was recorded for us to see the lifestyle of Isaac when he was to get married and Abraham sent his servant to go and bring forth a, a wife for Isaac when they are bringing the women the Bible said Isaac was in the field meditating and that's how we know that oh he has been taught well by Abraham and so he knew how to how to go aside and meditate and talk to God. And that is very important. That is very very important that you as a father or as a mother actually okay, the responsibility is given to the fathers to raise the children, but of course the mother is to be supporting the father. So if the father has no time; the mom must be ready to make sure that the children are well trained in the world of God, not just raising them to go to college to go to school. That is part of it. But education in the Word of God, bringing faith, put faith in them to and fear of God is the responsibility of the parents to teach the children as they are growing up. And let me read quickly the Bible verse in the book of Genesis chapter 24 where Isaac was mentioned that he was in the field. As I, Genesis chapter 24 verse 62 this is when they were bringing his wife Rebekah. Abraham has sent his, his servant to go and get a wife for Isaac, and now he was bringing the women, the wife, and the people that are coming with, like a bride's entourage. And when they got to, when we got to verse sixty-two, he mentioned now Isaac. Verse 62, and Isaac came from the way of the well Lahairoai, for he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the even time. You see what I that said? That means Abraham has already taught Isaac how to meditate. He will, he, the Bible says he went to the, to the field at the even time, maybe around 6 p.m. or 5 p.m., where he could have a quiet time with the Lord and he was meditating. That is very important. Take time, I always say, college people that listen to me, take time daily, to study the Bible, the Word of God, and meditate on it, at least for one hour, uh, at least for one hour a day. You have to create around the evening time, maybe before you sleep in the evening, or later in the uh, that, uh, earlier than that, 6pm, 5pm. I started this when I was in college. So you should take time to do that. And this is example we saw in the story of Isaac, that he went outside to meditate. That means that was his usual pattern his lifestyle. Once Abraham has taught him, now Abraham, he doesn't have to go with his father. He is now 40 years old by this time when he got married. So when he, when he, when, he, when, he, when they are saying about it, say Abraham, Isaac, verse 63, Genesis chapter 24, verse 63 is what I'm reading. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the even eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw and behold, the camels were coming. So that was how he was able to find out, oh, that must be our coming. that's coming. We are the, he knew that the servant has gone on a long trip to Mesopotamia. From Canaan to Mesopotamia, maybe it's for many months, for many days. And he saw them coming, that's he said, that's our camel that coming. So that was, that was what we are saying that, he has already been taught by Abraham how to meditate and talk to the Lord. And he was already practicing it. So that's why I said, I also encourage my, pe- my people, anyone that is listening to me, take time to meditate or well, how do I meditate? You take the scriptures, you read it, maybe one chapter in the New Testament, and then think of what you have just learned. Think about it. What does this letter, what am I, what do I gain from this, from this letter of Apostle pop And think about it, say how should I implement it? How should I practice this in my life? As you are thinking about it, the Holy Spirit will be talking to you, telling you how to apply it to yourself. That is what meditation is. It's reading the word of god talking back to god about it and then praying that lord help me to be able to do this and that is exactly what i'm pointing at look at what how we are doing right now in first in this second episode of paul to timothy we are reading chapter one and i'm pointing I've, i'm still in verse five verse six verse five and six you see that's how you should you read and say well the apostle paul said this man timothy has faith from his mother from his grandmother you are a man, maybe you are a woman, then you have children, then you just meditate as well. How did the mother and the grandmother put faith in their son, Timothy? By teaching the young man as he's growing up about God and how to fear God and how to talk to God. And when God talks back to you, how to believe God. Now you also go and begin to pray about that and say, Lord, help me to be able to do that for my own children. And if you have no children yet, Help me to be able to get a, a, a right spouse, a wife or husband, that both of you, we agree together to do the same thing, to your children the same way that we put fear of God in the children and the love of God in the children. And you are praying ahead if you have not got the children. Yet. If you already got children, you should begin to take this step and say, well, I must make my children know about the truth and teach them the truth and teach them the will of the Lord and as you are teaching them and they're listening you will be surprised that God is working in them also and that's why the bible said train train the child in the way that it should go when he is old he will not depart from it proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 that's proverbs chapter 22 verse 6. say train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it so that's an example there for you to emulate now let's go to Back to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, we are reading verse 6, Apostle Paul continues his letter, he says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance, that you stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. What does that mean? Apostle Paul is saying the last time, maybe some time before, he has laid hands upon, upon Timothy and prayed for the Lord to give him some special gifts, spiritual gifts. And he believed that Timothy already has it. Well, he says you should start it up, which means it's possible that somebody may have that gift, you are not really using it. Think of somebody lay a hand upon you and say, Oh, Holy Ghost, feel this young man with, so that he can speak in tongues. And maybe he spoke in tongues, blah, 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 on the first day. But what about the second day, what well, about the third day, maybe he's not speaking in tongues for a while. So, but you have to start it up. How do you start it up? You just say, Holy Ghost, I want to speak in tongues, speak through me. And you open your mouth and the Holy Ghost, will, you are allowed, you are, you are exhorted to do this regularly. The speaking in tongues is not something you do one time and that's all, that's all. It is something that is part of you, you should use it regularly to keep praying in the Spirit. That is praying in tongues. The Bible says anyone that's praying in the Spirit of speaking in tongues, you are edifying yourself. So that is the same thing, but when you, how do, you, how do, you do that, when you, have, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, he said, just, you just open your mouth and say Holy Spirit speak through my mouth and then you let something that comes, let, let him speak and you just release your tongue to him and you will flip your tongue and that's how it started in us when we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. We flip our tongue and we just allow our mouth to follow it, to support it and then you begin to speak in tongues and you have to do that until you become a language you may not understand the language but that's what the Holy Ghost gives. A language, maybe every language, maybe another earthly language that you don't know but it's known somewhere in this in this planet. So that is how the Holy Ghost, But you see when you do it once and you don't do it anymore, you are not starting it up. You start it up by just releasing yourself to do it again and again and again. The same way if it is a gift of prophecy that are uh, Apostle Paul has laid upon Apostle Timothy, he has to learn how to release his his spirit to prophesy, but they say you say you start it up. Sometimes praying and fasting we start it up. You see, that's another way you start up this gifts that they have in them, and then sometimes exercising their faith we start it up. Take for you, if you are giving the gift to be able to to be able to witness to people, it's a it's a gift that you know how to explain the Bible, you know how to explain the Bible to people that are believers. That can be a special gift that makes you to be almost like calling call, call you to be an evangelist. But unless you step out and witness to people, it won't manifest. You have to go out and minister talk to somebody, talk to somebody. You just know that, oh, the world just flow. The world just flow. Somebody was following me when I was in Nigeria many years ago. He followed me to go do evangelism and evangelism and evangelism many times. And then there was a time he was by himself and somebody confronted him, trying to get to me really. And said, "You guys go about preaching about, and uh, and you guys are this and that and that." The, this brother came to me and said, "When this man challenged him, he, the word just started flowing from him. He didn't even know that he has learned so much from the Bible just by following me preach in the streets." So yeah, he said, "The word of God is in you. You don't know it, but it's already there. As you listen to this preacher and you go with him to distribute tracks, when you are alone by yourself and somebody confronted you, the word that you have been hearing will just come back flowing from your mouth." He said he didn't even know that he has so much knowledge. By the time he started telling this man, telling this man that was confronting him about the gospel, he said he didn't know that he has learned so much. He said, Yeah, you are learning so much. So what? that's what we are saying. You start, you start up that gift of evangelism and witnessing just by going out and witnessing. When you're by yourself, you'll be saying that the word will just flow from you to the person you are trying to teach. But unless you go out to witness, you won't see anything flowing. Because it's not just to be kept inside you. So that's what Apostle Paul so said to Timothy, Start it up, start up that gift. But seven said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sermon. See, that's another good point. He's saying many times people don't take steps to go do what God wants them to do because they are afraid or shy intimidated by the devil, they devil just make you all. oh, you are going to disgrace yourself if you witness here, if you talk to this person about God. You are disgracing yourself. No, you are not disgracing yourself. You have life and these people needed that life. Open your mouth and talk to them. You see, but you see, the devil always try to make people be afraid. He say God has not given out the spirit of fear. What is fear? Even shyness is a form of fear. What is shyness? Shyness means... You don't want to 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 let people know you are or you are ashamed of what you are about to tell them. Is that not shyness? Or you don't want people to to call you names or to call you ridicule you. You are thinking of yourself, yourself, self, self. That's a fear, fear of rejection is what it is. Fear of being persecuted. That's what it is. See? but God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's what Paul said. Whatever he's telling Timothy to stir up in him, in the gift, the gift of being able to prophesy or the gift, being able to talk to people or that's the gift you have to start it or go forth and do it, go forth and do it and you see that you can do it and don't be afraid of what the devil is putting in your mind that oh they will laugh at you or they will ridicule you that all those are just intimidation by the spirits into your mind sometimes it's just in your mind I tell people those things are just coming to your mind, it's not real it may not really happen but when you take a step to go and do what you want to do, either to prophesy or to talk to people or to preach the gospel or to witness to them, you will see that what you are thinking that they will laugh at you, they really don't laugh at you. God, God will not allow them to laugh or you will to even persecute you. Or it will not really happen, these people are not thinking like that. It is the devil that is putting that in your mind to be, make you afraid. So that's what you have to know. So, but God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. As it said, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. see, now that's why we are saying the, what he was telling Timothy is that don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, the gospel we are preaching. Now, of me is prisoner, and don't be ashamed of Apostle Paul, because he's not a prisoner, and people don't say they don't want to associate with prisoners. No, they should say with him because he's a prisoner for the gospel's sake. So, don't be ashamed of me. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. That is, he was telling Apost- he was telling Timothy, be a partaker of this affliction, because if you are ashamed of us, you want to, you don't want to be persecuted, you hide your face. Then you are not going to be witnessing for Jesus, you are not going to be standing for Christ. But the only way you are going to be part of Christ is so if you stand for Him, no matter what happens, whether they are going to persecute you too or afflict you, just like they afflicted Apostle Paul. When you stand for Christ, that's when you are accepted by Christ, because Christ said, If any man deny me before me, I also will deny him before my Father and before the holy angels. But when you stand for Christ, you may be partakers of the affliction, of the persecution. We are now in verse 8, Apostles said, Be thou therefore not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who Has saved us and called us with an holy calling not not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which are uh, w- which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So you have this not explained to, to Apostle to Timothy that we are saved by the calling of our Father God through our Lord Jesus Christ by grace, not because of our works. And he's calling you and he's still calling everybody up to now to come and be saved. Verse 10. He went further and said, But this thing is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So that's part of it we're going to talk, continue in the next broadcast. We are supposed to talking about the Christ has, has come and abolished death because of us, He abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's verse 10. He said, God has saved us and called us with an holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus by the, before the world began, but it's now made manifest. That is what God has done. He has already planned it before the world began, but it's now manifesting it through our Lord Jesus Christ, who came to abolish death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We'll continue this in the next broadcast. God bless you.